I had a joke conversation, to be fair, with Fergie um, one day, and he said, like, when I was playing, would I come? And he, then he just laughed and said, don't worry, I knew you wouldn't come anyway. But no, I would never have signed for United. Get your tits out for the lads. I've been on team buses, and I've had a kid give me the middle finger. He looks seven years old. I was like, what the hell is he getting told? I'm you the Michael Anthony show. The thing is, if it was me and I missed that penny, I don't think I even would have gone on in the stuff. <laughs> you don't like that MLS then, No, do you? I like it, but it's, it's, it's the wheelie goals, man. Um, it's, and sometimes you make a bet on MLS and it's like 5-4. Yeah, yeah. And you have the under. Anthony Show, and today we're with footballing legend Sean Wright Phillips. Sean, how are you? I'm good, Michael. Man, how are you? Yeah, no, uh, not great, not great, Sean. Um, struggling a lot, but we'll get into that. Um, old Man City, main road, struggling, underachieving side, or the Man City that have bought themselves to the top of European football. Who do you prefer? Honestly, I'm not going to be biased there, but I have to say, New Man City. I think with Pep and the way he's built the team and the way they play football I think is so appealing not only just for people that support Man City but for footballing fans in general so for somebody to create that around a club that didn't have that I think is magnificent to be honest with you Do you think it's lost any romance though from a guy who came through the ranks there was there a beauty to Man City kind of being the, the, the lesser team of the city because they used to claim to have the true fans in Manchester, for example. Yeah, those true fans are definitely still there. But I think um, I don't think it has lost the beauty, to be honest with you. I've, when I go back and I do what my jobs that I do there, I think um, that whole family feeling and stuff, helping out in the community is all still there. Do you know Pep Guardiola as a guy? From what I've met of him, I've met him enough, but I wouldn't say to know him as a guy. But could you tell off just even brief meetings kind of what an intense figure he is. Yeah, you can just tell that his mind's always thinking, it's always yeah. ticking. It always seems like he he's thinking about solutions and things that he can do to obviously help benefit the, the team and the, and the club. Do you think that your game would have suited playing under him or is he so good at what he does that anyone can fit in because he's so good at telling you what exactly he wants from you? Would you have liked to play under him? I definitely would have liked to play under him. I think he would have been beneficial to me in my career, but I think... As long as you're capable of passing the ball and moving it around and your first touch is good, I think he can I think he's great at making players better. Thirty six England caps in that era that a lot of people associate with underachievement. What would your take be on the managers who passed through during your time? Like what was Fenn like as an England manager? I thought Fenn was um obviously give or take he, he left me out of a tournament which I wasn't obviously happy about at the yeah. time but I thought over the course of his managing career there while I was there I thought he did okay to be honest with you I think the biggest crime across the three managers I'd say I've had under England would be not being able to fit Stevie G Paul Scholes and Frank Lampard in, in the centre midfield I think if you look at the systems we're playing now all three of them can play centre yeah. midfield and it's it's kind of crazy to think that nobody could think of that solution then. Was it awkward being around the camp at the time? Because everyone knew there's something wrong here. When Jared and Lampard are playing together, neither of them are playing to the best of their ability. Should somebody say something to the gaffer? For me, it's not a matter of should somebody say something to the gaffer. I think it's... You, you have your coach, you have your you as the manager and your coaching staff. I just feel like they're the ones that make the decision. They're the ones that should be able to see if there is a problem there. It's it's not for a, an, another player or anything like that to come out and say, look, Gaffer, this ain't happening. I, don't, I wouldn't agree with that. What did you make of Kevin Keegan as a manager? Um, I quite liked him. It obviously started, it started weird at the start because 
he when he came in, he wasn't playing me because he thought I was too small to play in the system he was playing. But that was coming from a man that wasn't that much taller than me and played as a striker. So yeah. it, it was it was a pr- pretty strange one. But after we got going and I got into the team and I staked my claim, then everything was kind of just smooth and plain sailing. Are you surprised that he's not still in the game? Because he's one of those, he's a bit like Len Huddle. Like they, they were very good at what they did, but suddenly they just exited and they never come back. It's just weird. Even when he, he left City, there was like no goodbyes. It was just he's resigned and gone. And I've never seen or heard heard about him ever again. So like you said, he's almost just vanished. But it, it really would be interesting for me to see what he'd be like managing now. When you went to Chelsea, you left City, obviously PFA Team of the Year, 05, I think your highest league total, 10 league goals, which back then, in the pre-Messi-Ronaldo kind of messy Ronaldo era, 10 league goals when you're not playing up front was pretty phenomenal back in 2005. You get the big move to Chelsea. Did you think when you went there, I'm going to work under Mourinho, I'm going to be in the first team, and this is going to be a huge boost to my career? Or were you aware of the challenges that were awaiting you? Like, there was Iron Robin, Damien Duff, Joe Cole, I already knew once I was going there what I was going there for. I didn't expect to just walk into a first team. I, I knew there was players of my level, or if not better, but we were all completely different players. We all brought something in a way different to the game. And I knew the challenges that was I was walking into and I was very much up and open and ready to take those challenges on. After being there a year or two, were you glad you went because you were winning trophies or was it kind of a different club culture because you came to the ranks at City, obviously? and it was a much more kind of place where you felt at home. Was there ever a time at Chelsea where you go, I wouldn't mind getting out of here? Um, No, to be honest, um, until towards the end of my contract where I left for the reasons I did, which was to play more for England and get a chance to travel with them to tournaments, there was no time through my career at Chelsea. I just thought, do you know what, I'm done with this. I want to play more and got out of there, to be honest with you. I, I enjoyed every minute there. The fans were like outstanding and... Mourinho playing under Mourinho was amazing for me as well there wasn't didn't have any arguments we just got on with it like I understood what he wanted he, he kind of understood what I wanted and we just worked at things and he believed in me yeah you know the whole narrative that goes around that Mourinho's a poison in a dressing room do you believe that in a lot of circumstances that's due to the personality of the player and his inability to kind of cope with Mourinho's demands is there an insecurity there that makes you not work with Mourinho if you're not working with Mourinho? I would honestly just say it's, it's more of an ego. I've, I've From watching football over the years, especially since I've come in towards the end of my career, I've noticed there's a lot more player power. Whereas I think when Mourinho had us at Chelsea, he's the boss in it. There wasn't one player at the time that was bigger than the club. Whereas I feel like now some players at some clubs are getting so much money. It's, it's a kind of a toss-up, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like... Mm, do we get rid of this player or do we just sack the manager? Yeah, and that's why Mourinho didn't work at United, for example. That that's the just that's just from what, like an open opinion that I see because it, as soon as he goes, that ego clash yeah. that was going on in that dressing room is gone. Solskjaer comes in and they go and win ten go ten games unbeaten. Now he's pretty much playing the same team. So would you be old school enough to kind of believe that there was something to be said for the old? days when the manager is the boss has the power the Brian Clough attitude the Fergie attitude that no player is bigger than the club or are you kind of up for this new way in which players are essentially managing themselves to an extent I miss a bit of both like I understand the way it's gone with players but then at the same time for me I'm I'm just I've grown up believing that if he's my manager it's the same as if I'm, say, working in a shop and yeah. my boss says to me, I need you to do this, this, this and this. He's my boss, so I just get it done. And I've just always looked at as a manager as that. If he says to me, Sean, I need you to defend more than attack today and we'll win the game. That's, that's pretty much what I'm going to do. And that's just how I've always seen it. But the problem is in the shop, it's unlikely that the guy stacking the shelves makes more money than the floor manager. But now we have a situation which the players are actually making more money than the manager. So did that shift it, do you reckon? Um, yeah, it's difficult to listen to a guy if you have a gaff twice as big as he does. Yeah, that's that's definitely shifted. But the, the bottom line to it is your boss is your boss, whether you make more money than him or not. 
he's still the person that picks a team. He's still the person that tells you what to do or how we want something done. So you should still, in a way, follow the same guidelines. That's exactly what I believe. And I believe that that shift in dynamic has taken so much soul out of football. And there's a few guys that can still hang on to it. Guardiola can because he's so passionate and he's so good and he makes you a better player. Klopp seems to be a bit hip with the kids. You know what I mean? He has the hipster glasses on. He has the beard. And But for the likes of Mourinho, it looks like it is good night Vienna. And for me, that's a hugely sad thing. I think that it was great to see these multimillionaires have a boss. It made them more relatable to the everyday man watching it. For every waiter, for every shop worker who's watching football, look at them listen to their boss. Nowadays, they're essentially just 11 entrepreneurs with 4 million Twitter followers, 4 million Instagram followers who just meet up and kick a ball around. And for me also, don't nearly care as much if they win or lose anymore. I can't say that they don't or do because I don't know all of them in person. But the ones that I do know, I can I know for a fact it does affect them and I know they still believe in the boss is the boss. But I'm in a lot of agreement with a lot of things that you actually said. And in a way, it's sad to see that football has gone that way. But at some point, it normally comes back around full circle. So really hoping that is the case. Obviously, when you were what you were doing at City, you would have had offers from all over Europe, essentially. Did United ever try to get you? No, I had a joke conversation, to be fair, with Fergie um, one day and he said, like, when I was playing, would I come? And he, then he just laughed and said, don't worry, I knew you wouldn't come anyway. But no, I would never have signed for United. Nothing against United, I respect him. But you couldn't go from City to United? You could, I just wouldn't. I think some people would, some people just wouldn't. Surely Arsenal were interested in you. Yeah, the re- re- uh, there was Arsenal and Chelsea at the same time. Um, and then with the Ian Wright link, did you not want to do that because you didn't want to be associated with a legend in the shadow? Or is it because Chelsea was just a better team with a better project at the time? When that whole situation come up, before it even got to where it was going with Chelsea, um, Arsenal obviously came in just before full talk started happening. And Arsene Wenger was like, I'd love to li- love to take you but you have to wait till January. Chelsea said, we want you now. And I went with the team that wanted me now. In football, you never know what's around the corner. You might say, all right, I'll wait. You break a leg, that move never happens. So that there's so many like things that were involved at the time and, and Chelsea seemed the most keen and happiest to take me there and then, so I went with Chelsea. You know the kind of narrative that Robinho didn't really know where he was when he was at City? How true was that? You know, I actually don't know. That's one thing. <laughs> I actually um, didn't ask him, to be honest. But I think the way agents were back then, especially with that sort of player coming from over there, it, it honestly wouldn't have surprised me. But it didn't matter to us the least, the fact he was wearing a blue shirt. Would he have known what like the Trafford Centre was? Or Piccadilly? If he didn't, he definitely would have found out very quickly. He was a partier? No, I wouldn't say he was necessarily a partier, but... When we was together, he he was very like a team man. He liked to hang out with his friends, and oh, we yeah. had a few Brazilians there at the time as well. So they would have definitely showed him the know-how. And was it strange to see the jump in standard so quickly once the investment came into the club? That suddenly you're training, and the standard just completely changes in a month, really. Well, it it was when I went back. The standard was again up anyway. Because you had your likes of, obviously, Mika there. Vita you had company. Stevie Island Company. Yeah. You had Hardy. You had Alano. You had, like, Joe De Silva. So the, the team was a good team. You were you were one of the boys who came with the big money? No, I came before it. Oh, did so you? So I was there two days before it even, anyone even knew it was happening. It was the same summer, though, wasn't but it? But that same summer, that, that, that team was there. And then Nigel Dijon comes in as well. So yeah. there was there was a foundation there that they was building. And the way they built it, for me, was very clever. I think if you look at your likes of your Vincent companies and your Nigel Dijon's, your David Silvers, those three nobody really spoke about. Mm. Nobody really, you never really heard about them in the news until yeah. they came to the city. And Silver then, definitely less so than the other two. Yeah, and, and the, the club. So for me, no matter how much money they've had, I think they've built the structure of the club the right way. Yeah, so you went back to City regardless and then two days into re-signing, the news comes that they've been bought over by the oil dudes and everyone's coming to the club. Yeah. What a buzz that must have been. 
Did it affect your salary? Did you no. agree to the old money salary before the rich guys came in? Yeah, but I would have gone back anyway. Like I'd already made my mind up before I left for Chelsea in my, one of my press conferences. I said, before I retire, I will return if wanted. And obviously Mark Hughes came in for me and I, I didn't really even think about it. I just said, yeah. What'd you make of Mark Hughes as a gaffer? I liked him. I liked him a lot, to be honest with you. I liked the way he had us playing. And at the time, when he did get the sack, we I think we was fourth. We had only drawn the last three games. We hadn't lost in a while. All the big teams that were coming up, especially playing at the Etihad, we was beating them. So the whole sacking that came around him, was, none of us really got at the time, but I really enjoyed him as a manager. Having played under so many managers, do you kind of see how much luck is really involved in it. Like Steve Bruce still has a Premier League career, but people like Mark Hughes are gone. An offside decision can decide 10 years of your managerial career, really. <laughs> it's crazy when you say it like that, but it's so true. But um, yeah, it's just it's just football. Some people just have the knack of staying in there. And then maybe some people, they might want to change too much when they do come in that they don't get the job because them changing so much things is then becomes cost effective on a club, which then may, may not get no success. So they don't actually get it back. Whereas if you say like Steve Bruce, he's done a good job at Newcastle so far, but has it had nothing really to actually spend to take the club to the next level. Yeah, so yeah. he's just pretty much working with what he's got. Whereas maybe a Mark Hughes would come in he don't just want to work where he where he's what with what he's got. He wants to improve what he's got and possibly take the club to the next level in the first year. Did seeing how good Ian Wright was at football make you fear it less once you burst onto the scene? Like if you're growing up under a dude who's coming into your bedroom and he scored so many goals, do you kind of go, right, that's not that big of a deal. I'm going to not really be as nervous now. I just never really thought about it, to be honest with you. I, more people around me and... People I don't know did all that for me. Yeah. They did all the talking and all the wondering, whereas especially me and my brother, it was just fun. It was almost just like moving from playing football with my brother in Kenwell Close to playing with some new friends on a proper pitch where you can get showered and you got football nets. So in general, I, my mindset never changed. I was always having fun. And as long as I was smiling, I always enjoyed playing football. And I just figured from a kid, once I'm enjoying something, you naturally seem to learn it better. Did you learn a lot from being right technically, though? No, because we was very different. As players uh, or as men? As players and in a way men. He's very like... Extroverted. And emotional and has outbursts where I'm yeah. just dead like chilled and laid back pretty much all the time regardless of the situation I kind of just take things as they come and deal with them then yeah 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 Bradley Roy Phillips career has to be on paper one of the most unique in the history of football really the guy just went to America early and is a legend an icon in New York he obviously was at Southampton after City things went went upside down with him and Dyer so they both left he went to Plymouth did quite well. Charlton signed him, was top goal scorer, got Charlton, helped Charlton back in, I think it was the champion, maybe the Division One or the Championship. And then he was the top goal scorer for him that year. And then the next season, they just didn't play him. So nobody understood why. So he just said, all right, you know what? I've got a chance at Red Bulls, I'm going. And is it just a lifestyle thing over there? Like, is it just, is it more fun to play football in America? No, he definitely didn't go there for that. He just went there like, I want to play football. He just enjoyed it. And he got to play with Thierry, um, mm. Tim Cahill, and they got on with things and he just started breaking records. But it, initially, it was nothing to do with lifestyle for him. How did you find it over there when you had the little um, season there? Um, it was good. I enjoyed it, to be honest with you. Um, it was obviously nice to play with my brother again, which is something we didn't really take into consideration when we was younger because it was just what it was then but oh, as yeah. you as you got older it, it was really nice to play um it's Were you, do you try like does a guy as good as you when he goes to the states do you care i can't play football without trying i can't like be half cock as they say yeah i have to i'm just either all in or just all out so you'd care as much as you would have in white Hart lane yeah if if we're if we're losing it would wind me even if the then. goals are those wheelie goals 
Yeah, it would. I don't like losing. Like, I might not show it on my face, but, it, it, like, I, it irritates me. So yeah. if you lost to Philadelphia Union, you'd go home that night and be in a bad mood? Yeah, I'd rage. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I, I know. I just taught myself how to separate, like, my football rage with, like, say, my social friends and family time. Yeah. So I, even if I was out with them, I would still be, like, bubbling about the loss. Yeah. But I just get on with what's in front of me and then talk about it the next day. Do you understand why onlookers think that people go to the MLS for a party? No, I actually don't. Do you know that that is a narrative? That like if you see Robbie Keane or Thierry Henry playing in the MLS, you're going, that just looks like great fun. You go out to a restaurant in LA that night, you're at the beach the next day, you can score a brace without trying. That's just a naive, non-player viewpoint is what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's it's... I think that's quite disrespectful <laughs> to the MLS, to be It's not me, it's you. the public. Yeah, no, um, I'm just saying, it, no, it's not as easy as that. I think if it was as easy as that, Thierry would have scored 300 plus goals and he didn't. Didn't Robbie Keane have a complete laugh when he was over there on the pitch? No, he worked hard. Like he worked hard, he still did his sharp movements, he still tried to get goals. But Robbie Keane's a natural goal scorer. I reckon you anywhere you played him, if he was fit, he's going to score a ton of goals. That doesn't necessarily mean these players are very bad or this league is very rubbish. Like The league is not near the Premier League. That's What would you have it at in terms of Premier League, Championship, League 1, League 2? I would put it league one. in and around League 1. It's like There's some teams and some players that can consistently deal with the Championship workload. Yeah, And there will be... W- a handful of players that could play in the middle of the Prem. But as for the rest, I would definitely say Division 1. Yeah, there's some dudes who are like Minecraft players, mainly, who are playing a bit of football on the Saturday. <laughs> you don't like that MLS then, No, do you? I like it, but it's, it's, it's the wheelie goals, man. Um, it's, and sometimes you make a bet on MLS and it's like 5-4. Yeah, you and you have the under. You never bet on the MLS because you n- never know who's actually ever going to win. There's not one team that predominantly just roller coasters. I don't know if you've seen the fans' chance. Yeah, but that's that's new to them. Honestly, I, I want them kicked out of the ground. Yeah, honestly, it, it's new to them. It was, I think, if I remember one of fight the and win. That, yeah, but that's what I was going to say. When New York City came about, the first year. It was just people turn up, family, all loving. Yeah. And I was saying, did it? This Dressed is so, the Statue yeah, of Liberty. I was like to the guys, this is so weird. And they're like, what did you mean? I said, well, you think Man United and City fans will be this like lovey dovey to each other? And then yeah. the next season, there was like fights outside Red Bull Arena. So then I was like, okay, now it feels like yeah. a, a, a derby atmosphere. Do, but- you, do you like that aspect of football fanship? I mean, I was walking down Liverpool Street yesterday and I'm a United fan. And there was a crowd of guys, and I understand like coming to the big city from the north and making your voice heard and backing your team. But at one point, they were just throwing pint glasses all over the ground, watching the barman clean them up and singing, we're Man United, we'll do what we want. Yeah, maybe that means you might influence a ref or you can win You can win playing whatever style. It doesn't mean you can fuck pint glasses on the street and have the barman clean yeah, them up. I, and not, you're not Man United. You're a I'm fan. I'm not saying that I condone it or agree with it. What I'm saying is it creates like for for like if I'm watch when I was watching that, it made me feel like that the Derby and the MLS actually felt like a proper Derby for once. Now I don't think going around fighting other teams is is good, but when I started playing football, that was like a regular occurrence, especially between Man United and City, City and Millwall. That was yeah, just something that always happened. Do you also kind of think that you know the way? Obviously, the the racism bullshit that goes on with the fans. That's kind of just another layer of their overall stupidity, though. These are the same guys who are throwing glasses, throwing chairs, slagging. Get your tits out for the lads. They were singing at some random woman walking by in twenty twenty one. Is it racism? Or are these guys just addicted to breaking rules and causing trouble and go to a football game, take cocaine and just really want attention? And that's why I say sometimes when we get the disgraceful racial abuse, is the most effective strategy to give these guys their day in the sun, a headline in a newspaper and a bit on Sky Sports News. So when they go down to the boozer two hours later, 
put a line of coke up their nose and their mate goes, I saw you on the news, Billy. That makes him feel good. Yeah, death, I've I've had a similar conversation with somebody before and 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 one of my things was we do help keep these people alive. I think for me, I was, from the beginning, I was a great believer in, to be honest, I know it's not an easy challenge, I said, but if you find a culprit, just brand them from all football stadiums around just period like you can just nip it in the bud I feel like they have the power to do that you can get they the have enough se- yeah, you can you, trace the tickets yeah you have so it. much security around to facial recognise people mm. to get them out if they're there and I think as soon as things like that start happening I think things like that will simmer down because at the end of the day like some of these guys have grown up watching football that's all they know yeah. and if you take that away then people start thinking about it before they start just doing things and thinking it's okay. And they're never going to have a role in the game. So a brief cameo on Sky News is the closest thing they'll ever get to the PFA dinner in some ways. They're, to even be a minor, they want to be hooligans. They take pride in beating opposition fans in fights that aren't even real fights. These guys are never getting in a ring. There's not an octagon created. There's no fucking arm bars wow. going in. They're throwing <laughs> yeah. a chair at you. They're accidentally hitting children. Yeah, that's... That's this is what the part I that really gets to me. Not only with the racism, but with everything else. Like if if I decided I want to take my kid to a football match, I have to be careful where I sit because I don't want him hearing some yeah. things and thinking that oh, it's okay to say. Like I've been on team buses, and I've had a kid give me the middle finger. He looked seven years old. I was like, what the hell is he getting taught? But when we're on the bus, we laugh at it. But the older I've got, I think about it more, and I'm like. Yeah, I've got my kids. My kids are going football now. I don't want them thinking that all of this is all right. And I don't think any other adult wants their children thinking that either. Yeah. You couldn't get out of a taxi outside the Trafford Inn or the Bishop's Blaze on the day of the Derby and walk down Sir Maplesby Way into the stadium without getting some kind of abuse. For doing what? Running down a wing with a football. Yeah, but it's strange. Some, some abuse. I don't mind abuse like your blue nosed bastard. Yeah, no, don't but mind abuse that. is some This abuse is how it feels to be city. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Some is some is good. Like the Scousers used to give me abuse all the time when I played at Liverpool. And especially if I was on a bench and some of them were quite they were quite good with it. It was Scousers quite, are good crack it, yeah, it, yeah, it was a good humour and one that always stood up and I was running, then I stopped to stretch. And someone's behind me and he's like, any danger of you standing up? I'm trying to like <laughs> move Heights. that way. Yeah, so Heights like jokes, yeah. Some, some are good, like some are, but it's just when you get to racism, racism, whatever type of racism it is, it's just wrong. Back in your day, obviously the Madrid game as well, back with you boys, you said that you were told to keep shut about it. Were you told to keep shut about it? And did you want to speak out about it? it we didn't have a platform to speak out about it. We were just told, don't talk to the press. So Because the press changed like, shit, though. Yeah, but either, either way you say the press changes stuff. But at the end of the day, if that never happened, we would have to speak to the press. Why is it because that has happened? Why have we been told, don't speak to the press? There's no reason to change it every for every time we get in trouble if we've never spoken to press if we just bypass them yeah. we always have to go down the press route it's, it's normal but that yeah. time you miss a penalty press yeah you have a problem with time, your manager press yeah, but somebody's called didn't. you something in the crowd yeah. no press so that time didn't so but the thing back then is we didn't really have a platform for a voice so even if that had happened then we could have spoken about it on, say, a social media platform, which everybody seems to be doing now, and let people know how we felt about it. Whereas then, it would go in the newspaper, the newspaper would print it, and in 24 hours, there'll be another story, and that's kind of forgotten about, and that's just how it was back then. So do you think that that's kind of natural societal racism even within the PR team of a club or the FA? No, I just feel like they didn't know how to deal with it, personally. Because I had played in, I can't remember how many England games before that, and even with the 21s and never had anything. And that one time in a place where I think, to a degree, nobody expected it to come, it happened there. Nobody expected it to be at the Bernabeu. Do you think there's any argument for, and there might not be, that when Sancho Rashford and these guys miss penalties, when these fools, and we're talking guys in mom's basement 
Do you know what I mean? With, with, with their head in a pie. We're talking six-year-olds with a fake account. We're talking people who have mental health problems. We're talking about people who aren't screened to set up social media accounts. Do you think if they're putting a silly little cartoon of something that looks like some a monkey or some bullshit, that there's anything to be said for just ignoring these knobs and forgetting about it and killing it that way, as opposed to making it the dominant theme? Yeah, I... I and do you think I this might be too far? Saying. That certain players... And not just with racism um, with the black players. I've seen other white players uh, take offence at homophobic chants, even though they're not homosexual, after a bad game. Do you think sometimes the, there's a victim mentality that's been built up through social media and through an accidental attention-seeking mentality, because we all compare each other to everyone, that is sometimes used to not deal with the real issues? For me... I the way I lived, my dad my dad asked me about this and I said, like, don't get me wrong, it gets under my skin. But I just deal with things so differently. Like, I just wouldn't give him the satisfaction of being able to irritate me or ever see a reaction from me. That's just me. But every, everybody else is different now. I feel like if nobody's going to say something about it, then somebody has to. Because nothing gets done from the people that run the social media platforms because... On Twitter, there was a point you can't even swear. Like they can So stop why do the twenty-four hour cancellation? If we really have this problem, why don't the players say, right, if you're if you're not gonna do something about this, I'm not giving you the hundreds of millions you're generating off my content, my marketing, my sponsorship. Fuck off. That's that I can't answer that question. I've never had a million followers. <laughs> So I don't know. So there's there's a, a reason behind it all, but social media and Instagram, Twitter platforms are not there for people to, to, to be able to say racial abuse to people. They're there to, if you want to engage, you can, if you don't. If you want to make a living out of it, you can. If you don't, you don't. But it's not there to uh, physically abuse and try and break people down. So I feel like it's it's unfair for a player to have to consider maybe stop where he's other businesses are running from just because of like you said some idiot some dude in a basement feels like he can be racist to people let's say the three guys got the penalties against Italy and England win the Euros okay there's still going to be absolutely uneducated muppets saying shit underneath their posts it will be them with the trophy and then be going you black but whatever it would still be there if England had won the Euros or the guys that got the penalties do you think we will be hearing about it? Well, 100%. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even have been a racist chant. I think you, the witness... The no, no, biggest, there, there would have been racism under, still. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that the biggest way to, to explain this is Sterling for England. Never, he was a hero to everybody up until that moment. Within that, until after that penalties, Sterling never had no abuse. Everybody was singing his praises, calling him a ledge. He's got. Would there still not have been the odd comment though? Really, we just wouldn't have heard about it because well, these guys don't. These guys don't have reason. These guys are fools. They're racially abusing people on social media. They yeah, don't. no, I don't. I don't think so. For me personally, I think people would have been so focused on something else. But there still would have been the odd tosser. But would it saying, have been on social really media? Would it, would it have been on social media then? Probably. But the, the argument is that. We would have been, and English people would have been so happy with the win. The players would have been so over the moon and ecstatic with the fact that they'd succeeded and been victorious that they wouldn't have given a shit. They would have done what maybe is the natural thing to do anyway and ignored these fools on a computer. I've just lifted the Euros. I've just played in the Euros final in front of my whole nation. I'm, I'm, I'm nationally interesting. And you're using cartoons to make not just outdated, but morally ridiculous comments that make you unattractive to everybody, whether it's friends, females, fellas, your family. You're a disgusting person. Deal with it yourself. If you're putting out a racist tweet, you're essentially saying, help me. I'm fucked. Yeah, but see, the, the thing I've got is, the thing I've found with, I wouldn't even just say footballers, just the new generation of celebrities, they're not... They haven't had to really go through all the the crazy things. Say like my dad's generation has been. So where where are so the victims? Sean? I wouldn't say victims. Not 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 the racism accounts. I'm talking about the generation when you mentioned the new form of celebrity. 
everyone has a fucking problem. And we're getting to the point where we're at a stage now where we have to call a male or female singer if they tell us to they. Yeah, I've heard about that. But I'd... I, I would weird. I would get that wrong all the time. So is it wrong? I apologize or? for that. I, yeah, but what are you apologizing for? I, it's one of those because it's what I've found out is is per person. Do you know what I mean? It's how that person feels. So I'm. You have to respect. To be honest, the way I live my life is: you do you, I do me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. all these little things that keep cropping up and stuff like that. People that know me just know me. Like, that's just how yeah, I am. Yeah, to I stay out of it. You're not going to judge yeah, someone I, for I, that. Yeah, I don't get involved But do you not also think the way, the witch hunt element of it, though? Let everyone, let everyone live their life. But there's a certain way that if you're not saying they, if you're not going out of your way to understand the they, we're 10 years away from people who have their own child saying, he was born at 7 a.m. People going, did you just gender your child before he's decided? Yeah, but see, I don't think that's everyone. Like, I that's think where we're getting, though. I don't think it will go that far to where it's just going to be everybody. That's going to be like they only. That's just my opinion, though. <laughs> I'm, I think 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds are going to be going to school soon. And sex education isn't even going to... If, if they're talking about reproduction and how sperm meets an egg, they're going to be accused of heterosexual bias. And they're going to have to spend equally amount of time in the class talking about reproduction as they are about protection, HIV, anal sex, scissoring, or whatever the crack is on that side of the water. And your kids are going to be going in there and they're not going to be actually even allowed to express the fact that they're having heterosexual dreams because you will have to, you have to prove that you're heterosexual. That's nearly where we're getting to. And parents are, are going to lose control of their children because social media own their children now. Social media have told them, you can't label your children. You can't gender your own child. We can yeah, well, good luck to them because I've got my kids and I'm going to bring them up how I got brought up. So that's just my opinion on all of that. If, to you're, be if you. your kid was getting racial abuse now, what would you say to him to how to deal with it? Depends in the format. More on social media. Makes a city debut. Misses a, a, a one-on-one in a Champions League group game. There's 20 positive comments going, unbelievable to see a bright future. And there's two gobshites idiots and you click onto their account and they're 20 stone and they're cocaine users do you say go to the press and make a deal or do you go man, fuck them you have a game Saturday my personal opinion I would first tell him that uneducated hence the reason why they're acting where they are and then on a grand scheme of things I'll just say to him realistically what can you physically do about it you can't so the best thing to do is just if you want to take a picture just for other court, other cases that you might need to show it to, okay. But other than that, I'll just say just delete them and block them and just get on with your life. Because I, uh, I won't let somebody stop me achieving what I want to achieve because that's basically what they're doing. They're trying to break you down, make yeah. you feel crap about yourself. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. I just say, all right, cool. That's what you think. I'm going to go and do this now. But not everybody, the, the problem is not everybody thinks like that. And we can't... I know we can't we change can't, people. We can't turn around and make people think that them posting about it and letting people know who the race is wrong because that just make that taking a stand and we got And I understand that. that. But my problem is the likes of yourself who have that mentality, what you just described, or even people like... I've seen John Barnes come out with comments and I agree with half the stuff he's saying and he's getting vilified for it. Why is your voice blocked? In terms of, you're not really allowed to say that, though. You wouldn't really be allowed to say, I believe that possibly ignoring these idiots is the best way forward. You're kind of then expected by the media to, to keep quiet. I don't, I don't really speak to the media. I don't, well, I do now, but um, yeah, I do now. But I mean, back then... I wouldn't say I hated the media. But right I now, just... if, you, would you, if, you, if you were to say, if the headline of the paper was Sean Roy Phillips claims players should build up more resilience. There was just some narrative that said that you think that if it was you and you missed the penalty in the Euros, you just say, fuck them, they're embarrassing people, and I'm still good about that penalty. The thing is, if it was me and I missed that penalty, I don't think I even would have gone on in the start. Yes. <laughs> to be, to be yes. honest with you. Yes. Because... I think I would have been so devastated. I most probably just would have wanted to sit in my house and just drink. 
Yeah. That's that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's honestly the, and that's honestly the truth. I would have just wanted to be around family. And players don't have to take on that pain anymore because they can get the dopamine hit of two million likes. <laughs> I missed a penalty. Hit. I missed. I missed my penalty. But this Instagram post, I'm going to get that red notification every single second for the next twenty hours. And suddenly it will feel pretty good. And no one's going to be allowed to say you missed that penalty. And to be honest with you, even like Marcus Rashford, for example, really good guy, charitable initiatives are really impressive. But if you took away the political side of his life, we might have to turn around and go, is this guy good enough to play for Manchester United? Oh, you're on United fancy. You can answer that yeah. question. So I, I look at Mason Greenwood, I say different level. I say four times, uh, everything about him is better than Rashford. He's he's stronger off both sides. He's a better finisher. He's a better footballing IQ. He's less nervous. He shows up in bigger games so consistently. He has an old school United attitude, a, an arrogance, a belief. Yeah. When he scores, he's not overexcited. He just wants to get another. I really like him. Yeah. But his social media, based off what I see of him, will possibly never reach Marcus Rashford's. So now when I look at Manchester United, ran by commercial money-grabbing guys who know nothing about football, probably the reason Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who has absolutely no managerial CV, is the manager, because he allows the Glazers and Ed Woodward to make all the decisions. I think that there's a possibility Marcus Rashford can get into the team ahead of Mason Greenwood, based off nothing that happens on the pitch, but purely because we need his tweet. Because if Ronaldo scores, uh, by the way, another commercial signing, Ronaldo, one of the best players ever, do Manchester United need him right now? Yes. No. Yes. He doesn't move, Sean. Doesn't matter. He, he scores, scores, but he that, takes goals off other players. Actually. That part, okay. But the two games that, well, the game that he won you where he scored two goals, if he's not playing, you lot don't win that game. I think we do. Uh, we, we, we've thumped Newcastle a few times in recent seasons, and on opening day, we beat Leeds 5-1 without him. I just think Greenwood gets one of the goals instead. Yeah, but then that, that two goals is... That makes one one, right? Yeah, but you, you when you've Cavani, when you've Greenwood, and you've these other guys. Yeah, who play, I love. I, I'm a big fan of Cavani, to be honest with you. But, but do you think Ronaldo was signed because we think it makes us more likely to win the league, or because he's the most famous man on the planet? I think that's why they signed him. Which one? That he's the most famous yes. man on the planet. It's not a footballing buy. Yeah. And Marcus Rashford doesn't play for United for footballing reasons. For me, he hasn't even done enough to have got the big contract. Back in the day, he's I was at West Ham. About now. Ronaldo. So am I. Oh, but then if you shift it, it looks at the mentality of Manchester United and how the club is ran, that we actually don't care what you do on the pitch. We care what the Twitter and the Instagram saying. Well, you got like your American owners, right? Why is Pogba still there? I, I don't know. I, I quite... Do you know what? I, I quite like him. I think talented-wise, he's unreal. If he does that consistently... But he doesn't. He's here five years. Yeah, but... What has United been over the last five years? Like you couldn't expect him like four years ago to be doing it all on his own, or or three years ago. You could have expected him to come in and change it slightly. If you look at the effect Fernandez, let's say, had in United, Pogba yeah, but never Fernandez didn't come in with the players that Bruno's come in and around. Pogba came in before that. Pogba came in with some good players in that squad, though. He came in with people who have won numerous trophies and with managers who had vast experience. Fernandez came into a United side that was struggling. To an unbelievable level. Yeah, but he had Pogba, and he had Greenwood, and he had Rashford, and he had Martial. First of all, the last two names you wouldn't want. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying they're wearing a Man United shirt. But they're not enough to be the reason that he changed the club. He changed it because he took the the, the club. No, by he the Fernandez. You, you're never going to get. He always going to perform. That's just the way he plays. Even if he has a bad game, he will still manage to create two or three chances. Pogba was supposed to be the best midfielder in the world when he came. We broke a record fee for him and have pumped so much of the clubs, not just finances, but ideology into him. Hashtag Pog back. That's when I knew United were fucked. Hashtag Pog back. Well, I'm going to say I'm quite happy about it because I'm a City fan. Yeah, so, so that's, and this is the, this is the <laughs> so problem. I'm all and good. this is the problem. When United, it's the same in the media. Everyone wants United to fail, so no one actually I really comments I don't, on the reality. The thing reality. is, I don't want them to fail because I miss how the Derby games used to be. Like that, that rivalry, like where it was end to end, and nobody played defensively. Everybody just kind of went for it. I remember playing for City, and we knew we was going to possibly lose against United, but we still didn't just sit back. Mm. I don't like to see that in derbies. Like, what, what did I watch? Dundee United versus Dundee. Yeah, that, that game seen, should be cancelled. I haven't seen a derby like that in so long. I actually 
there was like little nasty challenges on the side. Like it just, just the atmosphere in general. So it would be nice for Man United to be in a place when, when they do go head to head. It's going to be a fantastic game. I don't find City fans or Liverpool fans nearly afraid enough that Ronaldo was back. And I don't find them ever nearly worried enough when United put together a bullshit away record that is basically due to COVID. And they all know that as long as Solskjaer is there and United are spending this money and the soul's not there, it's going to be great. And it's going to be a title so race between Liverpool. you're not a fan then of Solskjaer? No, absolutely not. How could, how could you be? As a player, of course. But man, we're looking at a guy who, what's his next job? I don't know, man. You, you know when he first came to the club he was brought in on like a joking kind of loan thing like and I'm a celebrity get me out of here kind of we don't know how long he's going to be in here kind of situation and he was like yeah <laughs> Mulder no I'm only here for the time being and I'll be going back they lent him to us we couldn't even he wouldn't even leave his old job to take the risk on getting this thing permanently because it was so unrealistic <laughs> he has managed Cardiff and Molda. He couldn't get the Northern Irish job. He's a really good man. He was a great player. Why is he our manager? Imagine what Pep Guardiola thinks of his actual coaching. Yeah, but I don't think he thinks anything. With Pep, he exactly. just thinks he about have his to. team just winning. He thinks about Klopp. He loses a night or two sleep over Klopp every year. He's yeah. losing sleep about Tuchel. Tuchel's different now. He's very tactical. But with Solskjaer, he's like, oh, Ollie's coming to town. I'll put the wine in the fridge. I might even lose the game and not give a shit because the league will already be won. <laughs> I don't I don't think he thinks that, to be honest with you. Do you think you could have been better? Who, who me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, in a way I I, I, I wouldn't I reach my potential, but I still think I could have done a lot better. More England caps, more trophies? No, just personal. Personal achievements, to be honest with you. I think with the personal achievements, the rest comes... Did you think that the reputation you boys got at QPR was unfair or no, we were robbing them. We basically went in with Balaclav as myself, Joey Barton, Rio Ferdinand, and we fucking robbed their safe. I wouldn't say we robbed their safe because they they, they made the price. They they decided what they wanted to give us. Yeah. It, it wasn't We didn't hold a gun to their head and say, you have to give us this, mm. otherwise we're not signing. So I wouldn't say it's nothing like that. I think the problem that happened at QPR is that when they were buying... They weren't buying to build a team. They were buying Instant individual results. players that have done something elsewhere. They haven't thought about, oh, how would they all play together? Yeah. They just bought random pieces of the jigsaw you, puzzle that just didn't fit. Yeah. And that's all it was for me. And and I think I think it was wrong to to look at it the way you just said it in, in respects of, like I just said, like, it's almost like... I'm only basing that A with a bit of humour for the crack and B. Yeah, no, no. Do you remember that Harry Redknapp presser? Walwood, Sean Leaf. Yeah, I remember, and and he, I was he's strung you up there. Yeah, of course he strung me up there, but I could have come out and said you're you're talking rubbish. But and why don't we look at Harry's salary? But I was like, what's the point? And maybe his tax returns over there. For me, back then it was just, well, you want me to go, but I'm not just going to go to that anyone. It have to go to a club that suits me, and if that doesn't come up, I'm not going to rush to just go to somebody. Yeah, it's, it has to be thought about. Both teams. Have to, both people have to want that to happen. That's what I say about Phil Jones when a lot of guys go, why doesn't he just get out of there? Because he's not going to make even one third of what he's on now if he goes. It, even then for me, like I went to Red Bulls, I was on lot, what, 5% of what I was on at QPR. I didn't go Would there for the money. Would have been that low, 5%. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go there for the money. I went there because... But you got the weather. Yeah, the weather. You but got the whiskey sailors they, they and the late tried, night Brooklyn They tried to play football. I only drink straight spirits. Just put Dude, it out yeah. there. Did you enjoy the New York bar scene when you were there, though? That was my friend's Irish, isn't it? So yeah. it's always fantastic, and he owns a bar. So oh, what a buzz! <laughs> yeah, That's it's in New Jersey. A so yeah. it's in Jersey, is it? Yeah, in Jersey. That's where the stadium is. Okay, so yeah. it's, it's and would you be? You would be. I know you said that it's not a joke of a league, but you will be on the piss more in the MLS than you will be if you were playing in England. No, because you play flipping Saturday evening. By the time you get back. Everywhere's far, isn't it? Would you not pop out for a whiskey on a Tuesday? Nah, not really. So the QPR thing, did you say to Redknapp, could you have just, why did you mention my name? Didn't say anything to him. Didn't, didn't, didn't waste time talking about it. Not one that really, it's out there now. People make their own decision. And the people that know me just know that's not the case. He's just saying something for the sake of saying something. So I left it like that. And would you have cared as much at QPR if you would have at City or Chelsea? I, I still cared. Like, I trained every day. Like, I never 
went in there, never caused any problems, never, no matter what was said about me, I still put 100% into training. When did you know it was the time when you're retiring? Is it just a case of you try to do a squat, hit the back garden one summer and the, the hamstring isn't doing it? <laughs> How does a footballer decide, well, no, I'm fully quitting here? To be honest, because I stopped in Arizona. So I had another operation, did my rehab. And by the time I got through my rehab, all the places at Phoenix, there was no contract spaces left. Um, and obviously they was going younger and I was on the upscale so like basically I was too old so I had to move state and I just said to myself do you know what I'm fucking done with moving to be honest with you I'm just gonna wind it down and I just did my rehab and stopped and then somebody from city called me and was like would like you to do some ambassadorial work um would you be able to fly what to does here? that entail loads of stuff it, dep- it kind of depends um a lot of charitable work like so in deprived area they'll put up like what do you do, though, in the charitable work? Just it depends. Pose that's what I'm saying. No, that, that was a trophy tour. But if you're doing it, you'll play football with kids. They oh, have right. a fun day out, which they can come and they can hang out, get coached and play seven-a-side tournaments and there's games and there's food. So it all depends on what country or what's needed. But it's 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 all sorts of stuff. It varies. Is that what you do now mainly, city ambassadorial work? No, I do um, Premier League stuff as well. So I do... PLP, they call it, where you pundit, co-pundit on the games. And Would you ever think of Gaffron? Then I'm thinking about coming out of retirement to see. To, to play or to we'll Gaffron? to do part of both. Where? In, in India. Jesus. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I have thought about in the, it. In the, in the top tier? No, it's just more for me. I don't... Top tier, top league though, top division. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. But it's more for me, it's just, I don't want to waste anyone's time. So I want to see if it's something I actually want to do rather than go through all the badges and then finish all the badges and then be like, So nah, Someone, someone just rings you and go, listen, John Wright Phillips, come over here, manage <laughs> No, <Gaffer." laughs> Your accent's not bad, by the way. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't, with the climate we're in, we're not uh, allowed no, to do accurate impressions of Indian it always comes. Owners. It always comes from around the way. It never, it's never that person directly. It will come from an agent or somebody I know. Or How close are we to this happening? Not very close at all. It'll be interesting. We had Steve Koppel on the show. He, he does it. He did it. He's, I think he still does. He I still does think he goes back. He does it, yeah. Yeah, because it's only one, it's only for eight weeks a year. Okay, so it's a proper, it's yeah, a proper day out in the sun. Yeah. What were the best eleven of players you played with? Can't Check. Bang. Can't bang that out real Check. quickly. Peter Check was a goalie. Yeah. Cole. Yeah, Ash. Terry Carvalho. Yeah, but played with where? Because I think people underestimate Ledley King. Oh fuck yeah! Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, see. Did you play with King for England though? Yeah, you'd have to have King in there probably. I'm people, a big King guy, but he people, didn't have knees. Yeah, but exactly, he's only, and he still played. I think we the should way only have played. players who have knees in the team though. For, yeah, but he he won't sell shirts. He was one of the best centre backs, I think. Who would you have right back? Gary Neville. I don't know. I actually don't know. Check Cole King Terry Basingwa. Yeah, but think but Belletti as well. Belletti was good when he came from Barca. Yeah. Let's go Belletti then. Frank Lampard's in there, factually. Claude Makélélé. Claude Makélélé. Stevie G. So that's a three-man midfield. Uh, yeah. And then you're going Wright Phillips, Drogba, Robin. Robin, Drogba, Joe Cole. Yeah, like that's a phenomenal team. That's where I'd go. It's too Chelsea orientated, though. The only person who's not Chelsea in there is. Gerard I would, yeah, King. but I would have had um, Alberkovic or Bernabia, but Frank and Stevie G for me are my like two of the best midfielders and Scolzi as well. But I didn't play with him that much. Do you think you're as good as Joko? Completely different players. Who makes your team more likely to win at their peak? Robin. He was better than both of you, actually. Just the way he played. What about Duffer? A, bit, a little Wacker bit worse than really both of you? <laughs> no, was really good. Both of you guys. He said worse. <laughs> We're like, it was... It would go Robin. I've, I've, always said, decide, I've, I've always said it to... Like, we've Bowden. always spoke... We're like, when Joe played, we comp- when we played together and I played like the inside midfield role, we, we complemented each other so well because we could just rotate positions. When the naturally. four of you boys were at the club, though, yourself, Duffer, Cole and Robin, would you guys have thought you were better than Duffer? 
No. That conversation never come up. The, but when you're walking around training, it never like, come up. I don't know what you're trying Duffer. to get do you rate, out of me. Do you rate yeah. Duffer? Because he's from yeah, Duffer, Wacker. We used to call him Wacker. He that was, sounds patronising. He was very he was very good. Like he was very, very, very good. Speed. Everything. And he had that left foot. He could wasn't run, classy though, was he? He could run round like onto the right side, but still manage Did to Mourinho stay Mourinho like Duffer? Left. For me, it's one of the funniest manager-player relationships in the history of football that Mourinho gaffered Duffer. He he only... Would he know his name? Yeah. He was like Duffer. He's... Mourinho was good with names, everything. Like he's he always remembered stuff. Um, yeah, then he knows Duffer. Like, will they stop in the street now and say, "How are you?" Yeah, if they walk past, Mourinho would stop him for sure. That's fucked. Who wins the league this year before we wrap things up? Chelsea win it, don't they? I think so. Yeah, mm. at the minute they're favourites. From what terrifying. I've seen, especially what I saw yesterday, Liverpool with Van Dijk are a different entity as well. I think he's the second best footballer in the world. Van Dijk, yeah. I think he's the most, second most effective footballer in the world in terms he's of life. He's affected that club in a massive it's, it's, way. It's nearly unprecedented. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I know he only has one league and one European Cup. For me, he's he's vet, getting very close to overtaking Rio. I think that's too soon. Oh, I don't know if it is, man. He's so effective. I really think that's too soon, as much as I'd love to say. See, I'd go Terry yeah. 1, Rio 2, and then I'd have this kind of family of Yapstam, Vidic, Sol Campbell floating beneath it. That's where I had Van Dijk. Seeing what he's how he's made them good again, having watched them last season, he joined Rio. But then you start you know thinking about it. You look at him as a passer. You look at his physicality. You look how fast he is. Maybe he's better than Rio. Do you know, my, I thing, hate is, my thing is he, he's reading of the game. Yeah. He doesn't ever really have to use that pace because he reads the game But so he has it well. in his back pocket if he needs it. Yeah, but that's be interesting when they, when they play Liverpool, when Chelsea play Liverpool again. Because the game against yeah, that, yeah. Chelsea did well to stay in there. Shouldn't have been a sending off either if the ball hits your thigh first. Yeah. So the quote really is, Sean Wright Phillips says Chelsea guaranteed to win league. Sean Wright Phillips says Chelsea are favourites to win the league. <laughs> and, and what about the European Cup? The European Cup's different, man. I think it... You, with that, it takes a little bit of luck as well. But if, you had, if you had to gamble, do you, do you ever make bets? No, not really. Do you ever pop down and just go five or accumulated for the crack? First goal no. score. I did the other day on Sky Bet, but nothing. I lost. City drew against Southampton, so that threw me under the bus. It's another disgrace the way these companies like Sky, like Sky are now using managerial and transfer rumours for a reason to people back the transfer specials or the next manager odds on their own betting website. Sky has basically just become a betting company. Yeah. Do you work for Sky at all? No. So you can say that. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what it is, man. Football's become so. Joey Barton, you know him obviously very well. Yes, I do. Numerous clubs you would have played with him. Do you like him? Yes, I do. Nuts. Perfectly nuts, but. Real good crack. So much fun. Intelligent dude. Very intelligent. He's like a sponge. Pretty good footballer. He was. It... Thinks he was better than he maybe was, does he? Wouldn't go that far. I'd say if he had played the way he did when he broke through all his career, he could possibly still be playing. He made a great point when he got done for gambling. And he said, you're expecting me to play on a pitch with the sky bets going around it. Like as if to say, all we do is promote betting in this game. How can you give out to a player for making a small bet on it? He's got a valid point. He's a lot of valid points, Joey Barton. Interesting guy. Have you read his book? No, don't read do you not know? No. Ever? Bores me. Were you there when he used to beat the shit out of like the teammates at the parties? No. <laughs> I was there. I'm going to sign off on this one. I was there the first time he got in trouble with the cigar. The little kid, the, the kid that he outed the cigar on. And what, what was, were you just going, Joey, that's too far? Yeah, but I don't personally think he meant to He meant to hurt there. him. But yeah, I don't think he did, but... Joey's just Joey. So what you're saying is a guy who we should all start to appreciate and love and not the aggressive thug that he's made out to be. No, there's always a reason why Joey does something. Yeah, it's I like never, that. He seems like that. Yeah, he's never just for no reason. There's always something. Whether you whether you remember Joey. it or Do you not. Joey he come on? It. He's a manager. So he might not. He might do. You never know. Ask him.
Would you ask him? <laughs> no. <laughs> right, we'll get back to it. Sean Ray Phillips, thanks very much for coming on the Mike Lanley no Show. No problem, man. I enjoyed talking to you, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. Nice one. It's been how many years, my oh, boy. You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need to go, just take Radio it cast. slow. Podcast. And have you heard the Michael Anthony Cheers, believe my eyes. The hell's a make a fair. Makes me feel.